Finance ministers and central bank heads from the ASEAN Plus 3 countries met virtually on Monday, pledging to maintain open trade regimes and strengthening regional cooperation. Uh, We are in the midst of a coronavirus pandemic, of course, so they sought inclusive recovery and financial stability in the region as well. Um, There was also some talk about the implementation of RCEP, the uh, Regional Comprehensive Economic Partnership, and also just a greater cooperation in the realm of diplomacy. So to get us an overall analysis of what we saw there, we're very pleased to be joined from Kyungsung University in Busan School of Global Studies, Professor Jeffrey Kalamag on the line. Hello. Hello. Good morning. Good morning to you, Professor. Thank you for joining us. Um, The main initiative discussed during this ASEAN Plus 3 ministerial meeting was the uh, strengthening of the uh, Chiang Mai initiative multilateralization. Could you just tell us more about what this entails? Well, actually, it's a very long discussion, but uh, to better understand um, the uh, initiative, let's put it in a perspective and context. The, The very foundation of conceiving such initiative was to contain and avoid any similar financial crisis that happened in 1997 that started in Thailand, which spread in East and Southeast Asia. And this pushed for the development of self-help mechanisms to reduce risk of a future crisis to which it gave birth to Chiang Mai Initiative in the year 2000. The CMI, which is the Chiang Mai Initiative, is a financial cooperation of currency swap arrangements as a response to enhance the prospects for financial stability. So here's the thing. The funds or money involved was too small and was not, therefore, making any significant impact. It turned out to be more symbolic rather than an effective mechanism. And furthermore, economies got back on its feet a few years after or a few years later after the crisis and started to have surpluses from exports to which the very core of financial cooperation seemed to be put aside or should we say, seen as less urgent, especially that individual countries have accumulated large amounts of reserves through exchange rate intervention. Now, with all the developments that took place since it was conceived, the CMI was rather slow. However, there was a unanimous agreement to shift from bilateral schemes into a multilateralized self-managed reserves pooling scheme governed by a single contractual agreement. And this shift and co- conversion created the what we call the Chiang Mai Initiative Multilateralism, or CMIM, in 2007. This is managed by ASEAN Plus 3 Macroeconomic Research Office located in Singapore. It is a multilateral currency swap arrangement for liquidity support among members and emphasizing the core objectives of these Um, initiative, which includes, first, to address Mm. short-term liquidity difficulties in the region, and second, to supplement the existing international financial uh, arrangements with the very volatile global environment we live in. And uh, this this regional financial cooperation is a a safety net. It's very important with features that include infrastructure financing, disaster risk insurance, and the use of local currencies for regional trade. And uh, with the depressed economy, especially with uh, COVID-19, it is very timing. Um, the depressed economy caused by the COVID-19, it, it, it gives CMI or CMIM uh, kind of a, in, an important role. 
CMIM is required and significant more than ever. This is because it is being strengthened uh, through two key points. One is strengthening crisis resolution, and two, introducing crisis prevention function. And these are what we need these difficult times. But this, there's just one thing I'm concerned about. Mm-hmm. While we are all, uh, while we have all these developments and well-written agreements, the most important factor is commitment to these agreements. Right. If every member abides, then there we can see changes and growth. Well, uh, we thank you for that very uh, comprehensive overview here. Um, that we do not have a lot of time, so we want to just kind of jump around with some of the key issues here. I just want to get your views. Uh, there was talk of early Im- implementation of RCEP, the Regional Comprehensive Economic Partnership. Uh, they also uh, discussed how vaccine procurement is also important in terms of cooperation between all the countries in the region. Overall, how do you kind of evaluate the uh, regional um, financial cooperation that has been going on with ASEAN Plus 3? Well, RCEP is long overdue. But apart from that, I am convinced that RCEP is, if properly and religiously implemented, it can aid in the recovery of the affected economies caused by the COVID-19 pandemic. And based on the two motivations of RCEP, one of which focuses on crisis response, these crises include the ongoing U.S.-China strategic economic competition and COVID-19 pandemic. The prior, which is U.S.-China trade war, has been affecting other economies, causing subsequent crisis of the regional trade order. And the effects of this rival have been exacerbated during the pandemic. So it is best for the participating countries to diversify markets. And the latter crisis response motivation, which is a response to COVID-19 pandemic, will strengthen the significance and status of RCEP as an economic instrument. It will become a driving force to get out of the negative impact of the pandemic and overcome the crisis. It will also play an important role in inclusive and sustainable post-pandemic recovery process and building the region's resilience. But then again, Mm -hmm. I hope that we have learned from the past that we should not be reactionary to unfortunate events and instead be more proactive in the implementation of this partnership signed in November 2020. Time is crucial here, and I also want, I would like to caution the members to watch out for the rivalry between China and Japan as dominant force, as well as grasping intentions of more powerful countries uh, taking advantage of the, the weaker countries. So in terms of the vaccine uh, procurement, in general, most of the member countries of ASEAN were economically hit by the pandemic. But if you look at the figures, then it comes when it comes to COVID-19 management, I applaud the governments of Thailand, Singapore, Cambodia, etc., for having lower than 100,000 positive cases since the start of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Every ASEAN country has its own national response to COVID-19. On the regional level, there is some sort of reactivation of existing regional mechanisms and platforms in responding to COVID-19, probably such as the ASEAN Vaccine Security and Surfer Alliance and uh, others. But these mechanisms and platforms only enable the ASEAN health sector to address gaps and improve the health systems. And as far as I'm concerned, 
I have not seen any cooperation on treatment among the members. And securing the, securing the vaccines is like a racing game, even for the individual members of ASEAN. It is in the interest of the region to secure vaccines, but most of the ASEAN member countries are just in the waiting for the vaccines to arrive. You know, the reality is that advanced economies have secured their vaccines first before sharing it to the developing world where most of the ASEAN countries are. Singapore has fully vaccinated about 16% of its population, while other ASEAN countries' inoculation processes encountered a number of challenges, particularly in securing the vaccines. The, the Philippines and Indonesia, for example, they are in dire need of the vaccine, as the cases in these countries surpass 1 million mark, but arrival of the vaccines have either delayed or postponed and politicized. It is, uh, as you say, um, we think of everything as a monolithic block, but uh, certainly these are all individual countries that have their own uh, unique set of circumstances, their own cultures and policies and governmental structures. And uh, obviously, it's important to kind of gauge uh, the uh, nuances uh, between all of that. Uh, Unfortunately, Professor, we have run out of time, but hopefully we can maybe carve out another period for us to uh, discuss uh, some of these issues in more detail in the future. Uh, But we do thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you for for inviting me. It's my pleasure. Thank you. That was Professor Jeffrey Kalamak from the School of Global Studies at Kyungsung University in Busan. We're going to move on to part four of the program. We've got online voices, and then uh, we will end things with our weekly sports update after our final check of traffic and weather.